in, right side, saved by Leonard, rebound, another stop Leonard, puck into the slot, Toffoli shoots, stopped by Robin Leonard, and the rebound goes wide. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios, and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Bowen Patrick comes in, drops it off, Howden shoots, he scores! The former Ranger! This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, Wallace Millard Chapman, live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... Uh, underway for this weekend, uh, a weird weekend for us who follow the Vegas Golden Knights and you, the fans of the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, who will not return to game action until next Wednesday against the Colorado Avalanche. And the Golden Knights, uh, who have those open practices at City National Arena, uh, time to uh, to get together, it's going to be quiet uh, at CNA. As the, the team returns from Canada, we'll take a couple of uh, days off uh, before getting back at it on Monday. So this is uh, a time to catch your breath uh, being a, a Golden Knights and, and a hockey fan this weekend before uh, dialing it in, because uh, once you um, once you get into next week, uh, then it's pretty consistent uh, right on through, and some decisions to make uh, leading up to the National Hockey League trade deadline around the National Hockey League. So what? Uh, uh, actions are taken by teams, and then the reactions uh, by other teams. Uh, it'll be a, a busy couple of uh, weeks uh, going up to March 21st. So uh, this is this will be a fun show. Uh, not a lot uh, in the wake of the game against the Flames to, to get into, except for the incredible scenery of Lake Louise and Banff. And for those in the Las Vegas Valley, uh, just look around and, and imagine these mountains covered in snow and trees on the uh, on the hills. And right in the middle of it, you have this beautiful, perfect lake that you go out and you skate on. And it's like something out of a snow globe, except it's real. And that's what the Vegas Golden Knights did uh, yesterday. They got to skate on the uh, on the perfectly uh, manicured uh, Lake Louise surface so with the hotel in the background and the mountains surrounding them. It is one of the co- I've never done it before but always dreamed of it. You can't find a more perfect place to uh, to play hockey and skate than uh, than that little scenario that they have uh, from a, from a scenery standpoint from a uh, just uh, picturesque and and uh, environment uh, point of view, uh, pretty neat. Although uh, it, it can get a little snowy and windy at times, but uh, by all accounts, <laughs> that that was neat yesterday. Yeah, it's always amazing how, how much you keep bringing it back to, well, the conditions might be cold, so therefore, yeah. blah, blah, blah. I'll go out there I, just, for an I don't hour. get it. I really don't hour understand or two, it. But, uh, but then that's it. Sure. I mean, listen, I, I saw the pictures yesterday, and uh, I was jealous. Uh, and, and this is coming from somebody that, that's never had 
the the privilege, the honor of going out onto a frozen lake to skate. I, I would love to experience that just once in my lifetime. And Lake Louise yesterday for the Golden Knights, it looked like perfect conditions, and it looked like uh, just a skate you'll never forget, one that uh, that'll stick with you for a long time. So, uh, in the overall scheme of things, in, in team building and and having moments within a season where you just get to have a little bit of fun with your teammates that, that's a big plus for me coming out of this alberta trip yeah the uh, the golden knights spent a couple of days in banff uh banff national park uh, just a couple hours away from uh, the city of calgary and then uh, went over to lake louise and and twirled around on the ice so this this is how it uh, how it went um the the players uh roll up and and they put on their skates and and there's people like the the rink is already made they didn't make they didn't flood the ice and, and make it for for the Golden Knights. Like it's it's there all the time, and people are 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 going out there and they're they're going for family skates or they're playing some shinny. They're doing whatever. But there's people on the ice, and and the Golden Knights. Uh, one player goes out there, and another player, and they're they're not wearing sweaters or uniforms. You're wearing stuff that you go out and play in the uh, uh, on the lake in a couple of uh, for uh, a few hours. So you get your coat on, maybe may gloves, hockey gloves, but some guys just just wear mitts. But uh, people are, are are skating around, and they're looking over, going, "Boy, that that person can really skate. Mm-hmm. Boy, that that person can really stick handle." And they start looking a little closer. <laughs> and this this is what happened, because uh, uh, I, I I talked to a couple of people, and mm-hmm. they go, is "That is that Jack Eichel that looks like Jack Eichel. <laughs> that kind kind of looks like Max Pacioretty." And then people started cluing in that that there was not just mm-hmm. a group of people going for a twirl on the ice or playing some shinny uh, out there. It's a National Hockey League team, and it's something out of like a uh, a movie where you're you're out there doing your own thing, and all of a sudden you're surrounded by this elite group of of hockey players who are Stanley Cup contenders mm-hmm. and and some of the most famous players in the game and in, in the likes of Jack Eichel or or uh Max Pacioretty, Riley Smith out there it was it was pretty neat uh and and the reaction by the people that were there was was pretty um incredible uh just seeing their faces light up and their recognition uh of of the players doing exactly what they were doing in skating in this in this perfect <laughs> moment in time in on Lake Louise. I mean, like, doesn't that just speak to how relatable uh, the NHL athletes are? Like, I mean, the you know these are guys that that grew up just playing the game in these types of uh, of, of of settings and venues, and you know it, it's it's a pretty cool thing to to just be out there skating, to be out there having a nice afternoon with your family, whatever the case may be, and all of a sudden you look over and there you have bona fide NHL superstars on the ice, the same ice with you. Like I can only imagine uh, what that sensation, what that feeling was like for the people that were there that started to figure out, oh, man, we're on the ice with Vegas Golden Knights. Like We're on the ice with NHL players. It had to be awesome. Yeah, and and, and watching them do their thing, and, and that, that realization that – uh, because that's that's what tipped the the people off uh, by all accounts was uh, players started just doing what National Hockey League players do when they get out in the ice and they they mm-hmm. take a couple of strides and they do some cool things with the puck and and you realize oh, this isn't this isn't Ted and Lenny 
that I came up with uh, to, to go for a twirl with. This is Pacioretty, and this is Jack Eichel uh, doing that. And then the, the pictures were great, too, uh, of, of, the, of the Golden Knights mm, yeah. and the staff. Uh, not just uh, uh, not just the players, but uh, the coaches and the support staff uh, that were out there that that don't generally get to enjoy a moment like that because they are working. The equipment staff and the trainers uh, and and the athletic therapists are, are are working so hard on the bodies. But to be able to go out there and go for a twirl themselves and, and be able to I- I enjoy that uh, the moment that of all the things that you'll do through the course of the season, uh, that little two-hour window or whatever it ended up being will be one of those memorable occasions and and one of those like Tahoe was awesome and they played a real game out mm -hmm. there but it was uh, on our official ice surface uh, beside a lake but it wasn't a frozen lake uh, much to the disappointment of Pierre Edward Belmar last night uh, and yesterday on Lake Louise was a legitimate frozen lake and it's It'll happen at some point. They'll figure out a way at some point to play an NHL game on, on that surface and do something out there. They haven't been able to yet because of some restrictions. It's in a, in a, it's in a national park uh, in, in Canada, and there's restrictions on advertising and what you can do inside a national park, both commercially and what you can build uh, 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 like for uh, infrastructure uh, there. They, they, they will at some point get around that uh, and play a game there. And when it happens, it'll be the most uh, incredible, uh, awesome uh, viewing uh, uh, of a national, like mystery Alaska, but mm -hmm. the real thing. Uh, and and it'll, it'll be neat when, when it happens. But uh, even without that yesterday, that was just really cool. And like no goalies, nobody in equipment, just coats and scarves and toques and your skates, and you're bundled up, and you're past the pie. I love it when like, Laurent Bossois out there. I love it when goalies just go out there and 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 play forward, and and they're a skater, and they're they're doing their. If um, like there's there's no way you, I would pass that up to be able to go out there and skate uh, skate outdoors. And I'm not a big outdoor guy in the winter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we're we're quite it, aware uh, of that. Um, it'd be cool. Yeah, I mean it. it By the it, way, it's once, Louise, uh, it's once in a lifetime, and like. Go ahead. I was just going to say, Lake Louise, uh, like there's a, a World Cup downhill uh, that's held every year on, on the uh, on the ski circuit, and, and it looks down on on Lake Louise, and it's a fabulous place to go in the summer. But uh, but skating out there uh, of of all the uh, major events that they hold in and around that that area uh, to do with the uh, the the skiing and the hiking and. Um, uh, the mountain biking, uh, just being able to play pickup hockey out there and make a 720-foot pass across the lake. A nice surface is 200 feet long. So like a 700-foot pass and just watch it go. It's just, just neat. So in, in your estimation, because if you, if you believe, and, and I, I mean, it would be awesome to see an NHL game on Lake Louise, a fully sanctioned NHL game. What's the matchup you think that location deserves? Calgary Edmonton. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be that. Like that's that's the natural matchup 
Uh, you you could you could go east west in Canada. Uh, I, I have a hard time believing uh, if you're going to finally break through all the commercial restrictions that you have on advertising <laughs> and the infrastructure that uh, that the the mm -hmm. province of Alberta uh, is going to go. Oh yeah, we'll we'll take uh, a U.S. team. Uh, I, I find that uh, a little <laughs> bit of a stretch. So uh, I would assume not it the would Coyotes. Be, yeah, I I don't think I don't think Columbus is making the trip. <laughs> Or Florida is is making that journey up there to play in Banff uh, oh. against uh, against the Winnipeg Jets. Like I don't think that's happening. Uh, so because it's uh, of its proximity to Calgary, uh, yeah, uh, and and or Evan, that 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 would be the cool matchup. Uh, the Rangers played in Mystery Alaska, so that mm -hmm. would be probably the closest thing that I could uh, find. The Avalanche maybe because of uh, because of the name. Um, uh, that's, uh, that's one thing. Uh, I heard there was, uh, they were going to do some, some dog sledding up there, but, uh, there was, uh, some, some snow conditions that, that prevented them, uh, from, from doing that. Florida Panthers did dog sledding a couple of weeks ago, but a couple of days of bonding in Banff. And then today the, uh, the local community rink, uh, in Banff, uh, the Golden Knights held their practice in, uh, and, uh, and got, uh, back on the ice for the like as a team uh, in uniform uh, for the first time since uh, the the loss against the Calgary Flames, and then come home and and relax. So kind of a kind of cool opportunity. This this three weeks was was built in for the Olympic uh, hockey tournament in Beijing, and you got to find ways to keep everybody fresh and engaged uh, and without burning them out. And that's the challenge because the Golden Knights only had four games to make up compared to uh, clubs like uh, like Ottawa and Montreal that have a whole whack uh, to fit uh, back into their, their schedule. So the, the challenge for Pete DeBoer and uh, the hockey operations staff with Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee is let's get enough practice time in. Let's fine-tune mm -hmm. our game. Let's stay sharp, which is probably the top of the list, is just trying to stay sharp, and then fine-tuning and tweaking and, and adjusting uh, below that, while also using rest as a weapon, which it is a real advantage compared to some of these other clubs. Like, imagine Edmonton, the games that they have to, the five games that the, that they have in hand uh, against the, uh, on, on the Vegas Golden Knights, they got to fit them in here, and they got to play their players and their top players uh, big minutes uh, to try and make up the ground. They, they got, they're going to be leaning on them. Uh, the Golden Knights have these stretches between the the, the games that they're going to make up. Uh, six days before the trip through Alberta, six days uh, until the next uh, contest against uh, the Colorado Avalanche. Then they play every second day. And then they have a couple of days before they, they launch back into the regularly scheduled portion uh, against the Arizona Coyotes. So how do you how do you stay sharp? How, what do you do to keep everybody engaged? Well, you're in Calgary already. You don't play for the next six days. Banff is right there. It's it's begging you to to come and, and check it out. And even just like downtown Banff and the wildlife and the different uh, sites and uh, it's just a cool place to to chill out. And it's you, you get out there and the the no hustle and bustle, no horn honking, nothing. You just even if you don't go for the twirl on Lake Louise. You're still getting a chance to decompress, and and I don't care whether you're a professional athlete or not. Uh, the opportunity to to take a breather is is a big advantage. 
the danger with taking a breather is you get that opportunity to exhale. And tell me if you guys feel the same way or whether this is just me. But when you finally get off the treadmill and you take those two days, you, you, you're welcoming it and you're embracing it. But you also, by the end of the second day, you're like, oh, this feels so good. You're almost, in a way, you're more tired and you're, you're like, I can't go back into that. And into the to the rhythm of of your daily life, and it takes you a couple of days to get back up to speed. Well, the great thing about the Golden Knights is they get this two and a half days in Banff. Now they're going to come home, and there's no practice Saturday, Sunday, and that's your days to to really be able to soak it all in. And Monday, Tuesday are practice days where you dial it back up and, and get back into the swing of things. So it's it's huge to be able to not just get the time to step back from the rigors of a 82-game regular season, but because they had so much uh, uh, space during this Olympic break, they can they can treat it uh, with uh, with great – use it to great strategy. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, it's it's – are you so, that way? Like you, you finally shut it down for a couple of days, and you're like, "Oh, I'm exhausted." Yeah, but I, I think the timing of it is, is very beneficial, as you kind of mentioned. Um, you're coming off a, a, a pretty, pretty rigorous uh, first half of the season. You've gone through a lot. You've dealt with maybe, maybe one of the toughest hands a team has been dealt in the NHL this season. And yeah, it, it's you had some time off last week with the All Star break. You play the two games, and now you have a little more time off. I, I, I think. Especially following the Calgary game, yeah, this was much needed because I, it, I don't even think the Calgary game. No, no, I, because I, I think it, it, it you may if look anything, at it as the, one game, the, but it, the, it was a the, bit the, of a wake up call. No, I think. The, the Calgary game, if anything, you wanted to play right away. If you if you factor that one in, yeah, but you want to get right given, back at given it. what the alternative was. I think this was better. I don't know. I mean, it's kind of a once in a life. Like you, I mean, look, I I'm not Canadian, so I I don't know what it's like to to have that opportunity to skate. But I I would imagine it's it's probably you know a, a pretty significant thing for a lot of well, these I don't guys. Know any, any of them that have done it before. Yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, there's a lot of lot that you have to go through to get there. So it, it's pretty cool. You know, usually you're up in Calgary, you play that game, and you're on a plane somewhere else right after the mm-hmm. game. So to have the opportunity to spend the place of maybe the most beautiful part of North America. It's kind of cool. I didn't see any nets out on the ice, though. Did you guys see any nets? No. I wonder if they I had. Didn't. I wonder if they had goals or whether they had uh, boots, which you'd use uh, sometimes as as the net to to give you a bit of a a framework for that, or whether they had piles of snow. But the problem <laughs> the problem with the boots and the piles of snow to represent the goalposts is, if like even if you score. That puck's gone. <laughs> so you, you got to like kind of just slide it into the net. Yeah. You, you, you can't take any type of, of shot because then it ends up in BC. And then, and no, then no, you're in real trouble. No no rippers, no one-timers, no, no, no slappers. You're yeah. going down the Coca-Cola Highway to, to grab that thing in Vernon. I wow. have no idea what you just There's said. There's lots there. of <laughs> lots of references that I don't uh, I don't understand. But like listen, I okay, so 
Darren, kind of getting back to your analogy of you step off the treadmill, you take a couple of days, all of a sudden you're more tired. Like, yeah, like one day two, bad. One day you're okay. Two days you're almost more yeah. tired. Like to a degree, I, I get that. Now the fact that the Golden Knights practiced today and like had a team practice, I think, kind of mitigates some of some of that some yeah. of that response. But for me. It's good to get away with your teammates, and like a lot of people are going to look to the All Star break and say, "Well, they just had a break." But yeah, they had a break individually. They had a break to spend time with their family, to kind of recharge, get away from hockey. And what I think over the course of these these next four or five days, and, and certainly the first two to three after the Calgary game, uh, it's all about bonding with your teammates, getting away from the game in a sense, but still having that time to recharge and refocus as a group. And I, I like for me, there's, there's team building in that there's an ability to kind of just be among, uh, among the guys and, and really find a way to, to kind of hit that gear together. So like, I, I look at this as a great opportunity for the golden Knights to uh, be fully in the moment as teammates without a game on their mind, without having to worry about what's coming up right next. And, and that to me, I think is important. And it's bonding. It's not just bonding between the misfits or mm-hmm. bonding yeah. with the defensive core. It's bonding with the equipment manager. It's bonding with the assistant coach. It's bonding with the therapist because you're, you're all out there doing the same thing uh, on the ice at Lake Louise, or you're having a coffee uh, in downtown Banff or uh, you're, you're having a team dinner. Like that, that's the part that, that I love is mm-hmm. it's full organizational togetherness. And and you do it all in, in one week with a couple of games that are high-paced, very intense. You've got the bonding part of it. Then you get to come home and spend some quality family time uh, with uh, with your uh, spouse and your, your, your kids. And then you go back at it. So it's it's you're not picking and choosing, saying, you know, we're going to do this bonding trip, and then we're going to come right back and we're going to play. And uh, by the way, uh, you haven't seen your family for a week, so uh, you're just going to have to figure that part out. Like, yeah. that, that's happened before. Happens uh, all the time because you got the schedule is so tight. They, they were afforded the luxury of this, this gap where you could go third here, third there, third there, and everybody's happy. And by the way, you still got time to get back and dialed in and prepare for uh, three great key games against the Avalanche, the Kings, and the San Jose Sharks before you get back into it. Yeah, and like the way that I look at it too is is you you're gonna avoid burnout. Like you're you're dealing with professional hockey players that that are not going to need six days of hard practice to get ready for the Colorado Avalanche. I think this team knows what's at stake. We've seen throughout this entire season that when the games are are really, really important, this this Golden Knights team against really difficult opponents usually shows up and plays a fantastic game, Calgary notwithstanding. So like I I like the way that this, this schedule for this week has kind of been set up for the Golden Knights. You get a couple of days, as you mentioned, to just bond together as an organization as a team you get a couple of days to hang out chill at home be with your family and then you get to work and and for the golden knights work starts on monday with practices getting ready for colorado you've got three games coming up next week that are important because every game right now is important and you have to take advantage 
of getting extra days off and little bits of rest when you can because the schedule in March and April is an absolute sprint. So the more rest the Golden Knights can accumulate now while still staying sharp, the better. You guys may be surprised at this, but there's, I guarantee you, a couple of instances on this little field trip to Banff and Lake Louise west of uh, of Calgary where teammates learn new things about teammates or their staff. The, Vegas goes up to, the, they're very fortunate. They they do a, a trip right before the season starts every year to Rock Creek mm-hmm. Cattle Company in, in Montana. And it's up there. You get a great team dinner. Uh, I've never been, but uh, there's some uh, events that, uh, that the team gets together for. And I, it's sort of the, the launching of the season. And let's go. Uh, a couple of speeches, and and you're back. But it's it's a tight 36 hours up there and back. And on the on the front side of everybody's minds are getting the season going and getting off to a good start to the to the campaign. It's uh, it's a getaway, but it's a very structured getaway with the intensity of the National Hockey League season staring you in the face. This was different. This is, and I'm not going to include anything about the, the Alberta trip and, and, and the Calgary game. This was just a chance to get away, and maybe you walked around the village, uh, the town of Banff. Maybe mm-hmm. you, you, you saw the, the elk or a moose or whatever, because they're, they're all over the place. They are. They're, they're everywhere. They just walked by you, and you're, <laughs> that's kind of cool. Uh, so <laughs> I, 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 I can't tell you how many players will come home with, with pictures of, of wildlife just 20 feet away, uh, you, you, you do that, you, you have uh, a coffee or a bite to eat, or you're sitting in the lobby and you're, you're hanging out, uh, you go for the, the skate, and it, uh, it's bonding, but it's, it's casual bonding. It's, it's non-structured bonding, and, and I, I love the, the trust fall and those kinds of events where you 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 do these uh, different uh, interactions where you you create bonds and teamwork and et cetera the psychology side of it yeah but this is uh this was was very different i'm i'm jealous uh the the amount of time that uh, the guys will just be able to get uh, to hang out and shoot the breeze with the, with each other without anything going on for 5 hours 10 hours, nobody's coming to and from the rink, nobody's getting treatment, nobody's doing um, uh, any type of uh, uh, fitness. It's just hanging out. And uh, does it mean the difference between winning a Stanley Cup or not? No. And anybody that tells you that, they're lying. But it can make you enjoy being around your teammates more and who doesn't want to be uh, around people that they like or get to know a little bit better? I'm not sure Chapman and I survive 48 hours in Banff. Are you together. kidding me? <laughs> but 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 if we if we did, I think yeah. I think we'd come back pretty strong. The first six or seven hours would be a struggle for me. If I get through the sure. first six or seven hours with Chapman yeah. and Banff uh, in the wilderness together. Uh, I, I think we, we turn it on, and, and I think it'd be, it'd be a cool trip uh, to do something like that. I think oh. you're, you're over-exaggerating how poor our relationship no. is. 
Okay. No, I, I think we'd not. be fine. We'd is be there fine. such a thing as over exaggerating or just just exaggerating? Well, over exaggerating. I don't know. Figure. Don't they mean it's a little thing? redundant? Yeah, it's a little redundant. Yeah, I, I think we would be fine because reality is on the flight <laughs> there. I'd put my headphones on and I probably wouldn't talk to you. Mm-hmm. And then we'd get there and I'd say, "Hey, let's go play some pool, or let's go have a beer, or let's go find some moose." Bar okay, room, Chapman, hold barroom on. pool hold would on. be good. Yeah, pool would be fun. Put your put your I gotta loonies, ask you a question. up on the board. Oh well, d- judging by the way you pay up, I don't know if I'd be making any bets with you about loonies. Yeah, no, he doesn't pay. Um, Darren, <laughs> you mentioned you mentioned trust fall. Mm-hmm. Um, would you legitimately trust fall no. with Chapman? No, I don't trust fall well, at all. Why? Why wouldn't you? Because I don't trust him. Really. No. You think I'd let you hit the ground? Yeah. I, no way, Chapman, man. You know Chapman, what? Chapman, listen. If, if I were you, I would. You know what I would? No. You know what I no. would do if you did that to, to me? If you did a trust fall with me? You'd let me hit the ground. Damn right. And yeah. I'd giggle all the way yeah. while you were falling. No, see, I... I and I'd I laugh am, even harder uh, when you bounced up. I'm a decent human being, so I would not want you to get concussed. I would and, I would do my do, best to catch when, you. When you got mad at Chapman. me, I'd laugh even louder. Chapman, do you see why the first six to seven hours would be a struggle for you, not Darren? No, they you. wouldn't be a struggle for me because I've put up with No, they'd worse. be a struggle for you. I've they'd dealt be with a struggle worse. for you. I've dealt with Come much on. worse. Come on. <laughs> I'd, love to, I'd love to get the, uh, the photo dump from all the players' phones on that trip to, to Banff. Be some cool things. And, uh, you know, you, you walk into an athlete's house, there's the jerseys on the wall and the mm-hmm. mementos. Uh, that 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 they have up in the in the man cave, trophies, sticks. Those those pictures, some of those pictures, will make it onto desks or shelves or uh, in right right up there with like Tahoe again, really cool, but structured NHL game boards and it was it was it was a made to be winter type scenario because of uh, the 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 lack of snow and and then the. The water that was right, people in kayaks. This had everything done for you. And wearing that toque out there would be awesome. Really, really yeah, cool. Yeah, we should, we should, we should uh, come up with a trip. Let me you guys the okay. Insider Show up to Banff. It'd be fun. I thought yeah. we, were, we wanted to do the, um, the NHL draft in Montreal. Chapman, that doesn't, we could have, do more quite, than one that doesn't thing. have quite the same feel. I don't know. We we I think fun. I think the three of us could could have a lot of fun in Montreal. The the draft is busy. Yeah, that's draft true. Draft is really busy. I didn't have, have a ton. Yeah. You don't have a lot of time to bond at the National Hockey League draft. Yeah, you, you're right. The only one I've been I to it was, right. it was not it was nonstop for like mm-hmm. ten hours on Friday and then like eight or nine hours on on Saturday. It was say it, was say it again. Say it again. It was like ten hours. No, no, no. The oh. other part. Busy. It was nonstop. No, the other part. Nonstop? No. What? What other part? Oh, my goodness. Ryan, help him out. Oh, I wasn't listening to Chapman. Come on. <laughs> the part where I was right. Oh, well, yeah, you were right. Oh, well, it, Darren, it, it's every day. Well, what, I know. What do you want? You want me to parse through this stuff? Like, it's different. It would be busy. Oh, well, it's busy. Come on, Chapman. Come, Come on. on, Chapman. Now, we got uh, the Edmonton Oilers back on the ice. New coach. Some changes coming. Are they ready for that? Is the Pacific Division ready for this 
tweaked Edmonton Oiler lineup. And we've got some news and notes in hour number two to tell you about uh, as uh, some players are made available uh, for games uh, coming off of uh, COVID list and injury and a couple of others that have been lost for a significant amount of time. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Jack Eichel dominates our attention following the Vegas Golden Knight forward and when he's going to be able to play his first game. Uh, that is uh, right in the middle of uh, everything that we talk about and anything that the uh, the Golden Knights will have to do when his uh, salary cap impact is is felt with the roster. But Vegas isn't the only team that has some uh, adjustments uh, to make. Uh, we have the NHL trade deadline coming up in about five weeks' time, March 21st. And you look at the Western Conference right now. It's Darren Millard, Ryan Wallace, and Chris Chapman on Fox Sports Las Vegas and the VGK Insider Show. You examine who has to make a move, who would like to make a move, and then you've got teams that don't have to make a move or will be selling. The way the standings are right now, and it's a little bit difficult to fully comprehend because of games in hand, but if you go by points percentage, you have Calgary, you have Vegas, and then you get into Anaheim, L.A., uh, and, and the Edmonton Oilers. Of those teams... Who has to make a move and who would like to make a move and who might just stand pat? Hmm. Okay, so I look at the Calgary Flames as a team that doesn't have to make a move but would like to make a move. And, you know, I I think that for Calgary, you're maybe looking for a little bit more up front. Um, I think – kind of the, the name that, that I would associate or, or that I would think would fit well with the Calgary Flames would be Claude Giroux. If you could find a way to acquire Claude Giroux, that just makes this team so much more uh, dynamic, so much deeper. And, you know, I, I look at that as a potential. We talked about Tyler Toffoli yesterday. I, I think there are moves there to make for the Calgary Flames, and it's a team that looks at or should look at this year as saying, you know what? I think we're right there with the Vegas Golden Knights, so let's fortify the team. Calgary um, has cap space too. Yeah, not so a ton, like for but, me, but, but definitely some some ability to take on salary at this point of the season. Yeah, for me, that's that's the team that would like to make a move. The team that has to make a move, um, like it's it's got to be the LA Kings. Like I think LA is kind of in a point right or at a point right now where. I think they legitimately believe they could hold on to that third spot in the Pacific Division if they add something more to the lineup. Like goaltending is is fine, or at least it has been all year long. Probably missing uh, another piece up front, just like the Calgary Flames. And I think with a little bit of of, of fortification up front, they can they can stick around and, and make the playoffs. So for me, uh, the LA Kings have to make a move. And standing pats, the Anaheim Ducks. Like I, I think this is a team that's got to come to grips with some of their um, free agents, make decisions on who's going to be a duck beyond this season, um, and then go from there. But I, I don't think the time is right 
now for the Anaheim Ducks to buy anything at the trade deadline. Um, I, I don't think it's necessary they make a move at all. What about the Edmonton Oilers? Well, okay. Um, so where do they the fit Edmonton into that Oilers, conversation? They, they, I mean, the only... Okay. As I've said multiple times throughout this season, multiple times throughout the year, uh, it's the Edmonton Oilers need a goalie. Like, I, listen, I get that you're a Mike, you're a Mike Smith guy. I get that you you think if you have the tandem of Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen healthy and available the rest of the way, that this team can win enough games to get into the playoffs, and that might be true. But if they get there, they're not doing anything. I, I'm I'm just being honest. It's not going to happen. You have this 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 story repeat itself too many times to keep banging your head against the wall. So the only move to make if you are the Edmonton Oilers is to trade for a goalie and a damn good one. And if you're not going to make that move, don't do anything at all because it's not worth it because it's not going to get you closer to what you want to what you want to accomplish, and that's winning a round in the playoffs, not just getting there. Oilers have been tied to Martin Jones. I would stand pat. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go down that path, yeah. but, they, but they have been tied to, to Martin Jones in conversations with the, with the Philadelphia Flyers. So when, when you look at it again, like Vegas has made its move, does, mm-hmm. does that preclude them from doing anything else at the NHL trade deadline? No. But the Eichel acquisition and activation when that happens is essentially your move. You're putting a top 10 player in the league into the year lineup. The Calgary Flames have some space salary cap wise and a really good team. This is also a team that didn't make the playoffs last year. Do you jump on that with Daryl Sutter, knowing uh, his track record, and go all in? I could see Brad Trey Living doing that and loading up and taking a crack at winning the Stanley Cup, not just winning a couple of rounds, trying to win the championship. After that, I don't know where L.A. and Anaheim's philosophies sit. Anaheim is intriguing because you have a brand new hire as the general manager and you have a boat load of cap space. They're they're the second most cap space in the National Hockey League right now. Yeah. Next to only the Buffalo Sabres. Right. They can do Anaheim can do whatever it wants at the trade deadline from a taking on cash perspective. I don't think anybody expected them to be a top three team in the Pacific Division this year. Have they overachieved to this point? Will the next five weeks decide what they do? I think yes is the answer to both of those. But I don't see them giving up assets right now, big assets, for a chance at a long playoff run. I think... What Anaheim will do is potentially take on some salary from a team in the East that wants to change its roster. Take on salary, get a pick or two or a prospect, and allow that team in the East to do something and, and tweak its roster to help the New York Rangers have a have a run help the Tampa Bay Lightning or Florida Panthers have have <laughs> uh, who have championship aspirations 
make a run. But I don't yeah. think the, the program is sped up for Anaheim in the next five weeks. Los Angeles is different. They are. Because they don't have the cap space. And their LTIR uh, money, uh, some of it's going to, to come up. And it's, it's not going to be available. L.A. is really fascinating because we've expected this jump for a while. I would say they're two years ahead of Anaheim in their program, in their rebuild, yeah. with their fair. players that, uh, that they've, they've got coming and the players that they now have in the lineup. They don't have any cap space compared to Anaheim. Mm-hmm. But in that, in that area, uh, they're in that area of, do we take a shot and try and win a round or two? Championship? No. But try and win a round or two, along with the first goal of making the playoffs. Rob Blake, Mark Bergevin now uh, with them, mm-hmm. Luke Robitaille. Uh, I think... I can see Los Angeles being creative, but also adding at the trade deadline. Not not huge, but I can see them adding and, and, and trying to do something that makes them not just a touch better, but gives them a chance to, to make the playoffs. And, and, and Edmonton, it's all about cap space. And, and where... It meshes. Edmonton's almost starting over now. No cap space. Yeah. Zero cap space. And a new coach. And you're on the outside looking in. There's a lot of things going against Edmonton right now. Except you have two of the best players in the game. And you have a roster and a, and a manager that's committed getting something done now. Edmonton is in the weird situation where they are not in a playoff spot, but the goal is to win a championship. Mm-hmm. With with Connor McDavid, and he's won one playoff series in, in yep. his career. But you've, you've made the... Uh, unprecedented decision to make a coaching change midseason for, for Kenny Holland. We talked about that with mm-hmm. Gene Prince Bay yesterday. You, this isn't Edmonton just trying to squeak into the playoffs and have it be a success from where they are. You'd think, you'd think that would be the case because of their, their standing in, in the Western Conference in the Pacific Division right now would be just get in and take our chances. No, they want to get in and they want to win the Stanley Cup. They have to face reality of they're restricted from cap space and they have needs. The most interesting team, the most desperate team, is Edmonton. The most interesting team with some flexibility is Los Angeles. And then you have the tweeners. And that would be the likes of Anaheim and Vegas. They've, they've made their decision. Anaheim's going to be patient with their group mm-hmm. coming up. And Vegas, yeah. you know what their roster is. They're all in, and they've already they've got their, their, their players. 
Calgary could disrupt the whole thing because they could go any way possible. They've been great. Do you stick with that mm-hmm. team? Mm-hmm. We got okay. some cap space. Cap space is very valuable. Nobody ever wants to leave any dollar on the table. But I could see them. I could see them going with what they've got. Maybe a uh, 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 back end defenseman, supplementing uh, some depth up front. But the the most desperate is Edmonton. The most interesting is Los Angeles. So for me, with with LA, like I I think that you're as close as you are right now at this stage of the year, and you know Drew Doughty wants to get back to the playoffs. You know how much these players that won championships, the core from 2012 and 2014, there's not many still left, but there are some still there, want to get back to the playoffs. And that's why I think the LA Kings are going to be somewhat aggressive and will add something to the mix that should make them better and should move them toward at least making the playoffs. I'm with you, Darren. I don't think L.A. is a cup contender. I don't think that this is a team that's going to get into the playoffs and go on a deep run and win a championship. But I think there's something to be said about getting these guys back into the playoffs, the Drew Doughty's, the Jonathan Quicks, the Andre Kopitar's, um, as well as getting some experience for Alex Iafalo and Quentin Byfield and just getting that team and the, the next wave of, of the core of the L.A. Kings into uh, playoff-type atmosphere. So I think L.A. is going to be a team that makes a move one way or another. Uh, I agree with you on Edmonton. They're desperate. They've got to figure something out. It's going to be interesting how can Holland... Um, approaches it, but you know you know where where my thoughts are. It, unless it's a goalie that makes you better, it, I don't see there being much to to redeem the Edmonton Oilers this year. And then, as I mentioned with the Calgary Flames, like if I'm Calgary and I'm looking at this objectively, I think that it's a one-two race in the Pacific Division between the Calgary Flames and the Vegas Golden Knights. And if you're the Flames and you're looking at your team, you have to ask yourself the question. Can we beat a fully healthy Vegas Golden Knights team four out of seven times? And if the answer is no currently with this team, you have to find a way to supplement the roster in order to do that. Edmonton's a wild card team with with Woodcroft taking over and Dave mm-hmm. Manson in that environment. That's a wild card. If they get a boost like Vancouver got with Bruce Boudreau, uh, that changes everything. If they continue to sputter up down, up, down. Well, Kenny Holland may have to go outside and may have to do something drastic with his roster. Money out, money in. And don't don't discount the goaltending getting better with a coaching change. It's happened before. Mm-hmm. Does it happen here? I don't know. Does Stuart, Stuart Skinner take over? Because he he played he's played great for Woodcroft in Bakersfield. And if if the coach has faith in you, like I know a couple of goaltenders who have come up and been the second guy or the third guy within the organization, uh, bouncing back and forth between the American League and the NHL. And they know the NHL guy doesn't like them. And they know the NHL guy has no desire to play them. And they've suffered, like the psychology part of it. They haven't played well. And that weighs on you. Does Stuart Skinner become an impact player with Edmonton because he knows and has had success with Jay Woodcroft? Don't rule that out. But 
it's more of a stretch than even the Edmonton Oilers would like to admit. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, the play of the day is on the way. We're going to get into uh, a little bit more league news in hour number two as uh, there's a, a big injury to tell you about uh, a player that's put on the sideline. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. I'd like to be under the sea in an octopus's garden in the shade. He'd let us in. explain this? Knows where we've been. Well, it's a Beatles song. Mm-hmm. And uh, later in the show, we're giving away tickets to Love at the Mirage. So I went with a Beatles theme today. Yeah, good song, Octopus Garden. Oh, no, no, that's great. I just didn't know the tie-in. Yeah, well. Didn't know we had stuff to give away either. I told you yesterday. Thank you for that. Uh, let's go to the play of the day, which is courtesy of Brett Pesci. He'll wrist one off the glass. Niederreiter settles it down behind the Bruins net out in front for Stahl. Chance, second chance. Olmark with the save. Boss now back to Pesci. Scores! That is the uh, brief. Uh, why did you cut it off so fast? <laughs> I didn't. So Ryan sent, tells me what the play of the day is. That's fine. Usually I'm able to get a clip from, from the team's YouTube of the goal. The problem was Carolina cut it off as soon as he says he scores. Yeah. I went on YouTube Ooh, to try to find... To try to find the 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 the, the full clip, and it was Jack Edwards. Which, yeah. if I can ever avoid using Jack Edwards for a visiting team call, speaks very highly of you. No, no. If it's a Bruins call, great. I'm I'm absolutely going to use Jack Edwards. Why do you go to NHL.com? Because they had the, mm-hmm. the there they had the Bruins mm-hmm. call of the game. All right. Yeah. Well, good. Good explanation there. Play no. it again. Play it again because I want to hear the the the, the beautiful call. He'll wrist one off the glass. Niederreiter settles it down behind the Bruins net out in front for Stahl. Chance, second chance. Olmark with the save. Boss now back to Pesci. Scores! And that just stops. Yeah, just it. <laughs> yep. Thank you very much, Carolina Hurricanes. <laughs> and that's the way it actually went there, right? They, they, they just stopped. That's, I don't think they just that's, stopped, that's, but I hope not. terrible because it's such a good play. It's such a good play. You explain Goodness it. Gracious. Yeah, Pesci got, so got Play the role of, uh, yeah, of so, analyst. So Linus Olmark makes one, two, three saves. It's just the the, the Carolina Hurricanes. Their relentless puck comes back to Jesper Faust. It's a nice little drop pass into the slot for Brett Pesci, who activates off the blue line. Linus Olmark, no chance, on his backside when the puck goes in. Just a phenomenal, dogged play by the Carolina Hurricanes. Dogged? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dogged. Dogged. That's a great expression. I love that. Uh, dogged determination. Uh, we will uh, we will get away from the doggedness of this show and spice it up with a little sizzle uh, coming up in hour number two, including some huge news from the National Hockey League that uh, we'll let you know as the balance of power potentially changing in the Eastern Conference. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.